You are listening to the Supermoms Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 97. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 97. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, supermoms. It is a bright and beautiful spring day here. I hope it is where you are as well. It just feels like there's so much more optimism in the air as things are warming up and vaccines are getting rolled out and COVID numbers are dropping and restaurants and life is resuming. (laughs) Sports, kids are able to play sports again, getting back to school. I hope you are feeling as optimistic as I am about uh, this, the future and the summer getting better than it has been. Today's episode is about a mom who feels unappreciated. She says, no one appreciates all the work that I do. Before I get into her question, I want to invite you to join a webinar that I am going to be teaching this Thursday. So just a day or two after this comes out, it's called Top five ways to help your post pandemic teen without overstepping. Okay, so it's a long title, but it's really designed for moms who are living with teenagers who maybe are struggling or maybe mom is worried about them. When we're living with our teenagers, we want to feel confident that they're going to be okay. We want to feel proud of them. We want to be peaceful in our own home. And sometimes those things are hard to come by. We look at our teenagers and we're like, "Mm, you're kind of a hot mess. (laughs) I'm not really confident that you're going to turn out okay. You're spending way too much time on screens. You forgot how to talk to your friends, you know, and, and engage socially. You're kind of stressed out and you're mean to me and you won't let me hug you and you won't listen and take my advice. And like, it's kind of normal, but at the same time, it can kind of create a difficult living environment for mom to feel peaceful, confident, and happy inside her home when living with a teenager. And so this webinar is designed for moms who are worried about their teen or they see their teenager struggling and they're not sure how to help and everything they try to do to help their teen doesn't seem to work very well. So please join me this Thursday for top five ways to help your post-pandemic teen without overstepping. If you're listening to this and it's after Thursday, after the webinar, uh, you can go to leadingyourteen.com and you will find a link to the recording of that. And I'm also, because on the webinar, I'm going to be talking about a class that I offer called Leading Your Teen. And it's really about well, so many things we incorporate, but it's a lot of like how to take the emotional leadership in the home how to kind of role model for your kid and let go of the things you don't have control over, helping moms tap into their instinctual intelligence and know like, does my kid need me to step in and get more involved? Do I need to back off and let go and let them figure it out on their own? 
Uh, Do I need to set a boundary? And so it's really helping moms kind of tap in to their instinctual intelligence and kind of give them, you know, bring them an update from like the way in which you used to parent your kid no longer works, right? Because they're a teenager now and they have all this inner drive for independence. They need to solve their own problems. And so how to navigate that stage of life and kind of step into more of a role of coach rather than a parent and to kind of be their biggest cheerleader and supporter rather than telling them what to do because that does not work anymore. So if you are interested in this class, this coaching program that I have coming up at starting at the end of April, go to leadingyourteen.com. And let's get back to today's question from Michelle. Michelle writes, Dear Tori, no one appreciates all the work I do. I am so sick of giving, giving, giving and not getting any help or recognition in return. I have three capable kids and a competent husband, and yet they still expect me to do everything for them. It makes me want to take off and let them fend for themselves for a week or two. What do you do when no one appreciates what you do for them? Is a little gratitude too much to ask? Michelle. Okay, Michelle, I'm sure there's a mom or two out there who could relate to your question. So my first kind of parent educator answer is this just the kind of general advice of like, what do you do when no one appreciates you? Well, the rule of thumb when parenting kids is to never do for them what they are capable of doing for themselves. When you encourage your kids to manage their own lives, their hygiene, personal care, their own cooking and food prep, their own cleaning, their own schoolwork, social and leisure activities, all that, when you allow them and back off and allow them to manage their own lives, it helps your children build confidence, build independence, and self-belief, right? These really important life skills that we want them to have. When a parent does too much for their children, we rob them of the opportunity to develop competence and confidence. This we call over-functioning. So it also builds resentment in mom, which you could hear in her question, right? Is a little gratitude too much to ask? (laughs) Like, of course, there's some anger, there's some resentment there that builds up on mom's side of the puzzle. So not only is letting go and letting your kids do for themselves what they are capable of doing, not only is it good for the children, but it's good for the mom, okay? But it's very common in today's parenting culture to over-function, to over-parent. We have this weird kind of cultural belief that the job of mom If I'm going to be a good mom, then I need to keep my kids from failing, or I need to keep my kids from experiencing any sort of negative emotion. It's this really strange cultural phenomenon that we've picked up that a good mom will solve every problem for her child and buffer them from having any sort of negative experience. However, this cultural programming, if you follow it, creates a learned helplessness in our children where our kids stop trying to do things for themselves. If your child is waiting for mom to do things for them that developmentally they are capable of doing for themselves, it is important to interrupt this habit ASAP, not just for the child, but for you, mama. So let's check in and see if any of these sound familiar. Is it hard for you to watch your child struggle? 
Do you like to step in with advice instead of letting your kid figure it out on your own, on their own? Is it more fun to help your kids accomplish their goals than for you to work towards yours? Does your family see you as reliable, available, and together? And the last question is, do you feel responsible for your teen's mood, decisions, schoolwork, and social life? (laughs) Well, I certainly could relate to every single one of these. And these are signs that you kind of err on the side of a codependent caretaker, which I certainly would say is my default setting, is to be this codependent, over-functioning parent, or what I like to say, because it feels better, is a super mom, but maybe a super mom who's ready for a change, okay? It's really hard to ignore the cultural programming that we live in, and you just kind of pick it up by osmosis, and you start doing it. And, you know, I look at my my mom was not like that at all. She was not a codependent caretaker. She really let us live our own lives and make our own decisions and let us struggle. And it was not something I picked up from my mom. I clearly picked this up from culture, that this is the right way to parent, to step in with advice, to, you know, kind of um almost like save my kids, rescue my kids. I even call it sometimes like I have the helping tick. Like it's this this tick where I can't even control it. It's just this reflex where like, must help my child. (laughs) It is not who I want to be, but you cannot change something that you're not aware of, right? So awareness is the first step that, you know, if you are very reliable, available together, that you might be over-functioning for your kids and rather than letting them kind of figure out life on their own. So We want to think of this as maybe you're just a super mom who's ready for a change and we see our kids struggling. This is what happens to us. We see our kids struggling and we think, oh, I can solve that problem. Like that's, nope, nope, no sweat. (laughs) I got that one. You know, oh, your teacher missed an assignment and they didn't give you the grade. Like I can shoot that email out super quick. Like I can help them. Or they need me. My kids need me. They're embarrassed to talk to strangers out in public. So, well, I can do that. I'm not going to talk to strangers. So we step in and we take over because it feels good to us. We get to feel competent, needed, and value. We see a messy house and we think, oh, I could clean that up super fast. It feels good. It's like we get to exercise our own competency and feel capable. The problem is our kids do not get to feel needed, valuable, and competent. Instead, they feel incompetent around us. They feel not needed. They feel not valuable, right? So you, mama, are so capable that your teen feels incapable in comparison. So this is the problem that we're creating subconsciously without even realizing and just by obeying our current cultural norms. And so our kids start to see themselves as useless, powerless, helpless, needing mom to solve their problems for them. This is a red flag, and it's a cycle that we want to interrupt right away. As soon as you notice it, if you feel like you're stuck in this cycle, we want to intervene. 
the good news is that Michelle, in this question about nobody appreciates me and I feel like I just want to take off for a week and let them fend for themselves, it might be coming from anger and resentment and frustration, but I see that as her higher self trying to get her attention. Her higher self is functioning perfectly. This resentment is also a desire, a desire to take off for a week so that her family will miss her, so that she'll get the appreciation that she deserves, but also so that she could take a break and remember who she is when she's not over-functioning for her family. All she needs to do is to obey her higher self. Take off for a week. Go have some fun with girlfriends. Stop giving and doing so much and let her family fend for themselves. That's the solution. Her higher self is telling her what the solution is. (laughs) She already knows. To start focusing on herself instead of trying to solve all her kids' problems and make things perfect for the family. Like, let things be imperfect. Show appreciation for herself by doing the things that she enjoys. So the solution to the problem of no one appreciates all the work I do is to stop doing all the work and go take care of yourself. Do something fun for you. Whatever feels delicious and delightful, go do that. Easy peasy, right? (laughs) Now we get into the life coaching answer. What is it that gets in our way from focusing on ourselves and letting our family step up and take over? For a lot of moms, that actually triggers some anxiety. We get really nervous about that. It's this, and it's not logical, but anxiety is never logical. And so managing that anxiety is part of focusing on yourself and taking care of yourself and giving yourself what you need the most is managing the anxiety. And there's another episode I did on like, you know, it's like 20 ways to help with anxiety and that it's super treatable. And so it's going back to that list. I think it was about the social anxiety for a teenager who has social anxiety is might've been like episode 95, but it was, you know, there's so many things you can do to help anxiety. It's just a matter of doing them. Okay. But what gets in our way? Why is it so hard for us to just give ourselves what we need, fill up our cup, have some fun and do what we want? Well, here's the problem. We like to feel needed. We have just spent the last 12 to 15 years feeling valued and purposeful from taking care of others. You know, I'm going to assume that Michelle is a mom of three teenagers or preteens or older kids because she says they're all very capable. I'm going to guess her kids are, are on the older spectrum. So she's probably been doing this for a long time. And when you take care of other people for 12 to 15 years, it starts to be our source of kind of self-esteem, of value, of purpose. If we just stop doing things that our kids are capable of doing, how are we going to feel valued? We have learned to equate being needed and solving our kids' problems and being helpful with feeling like a valuable human. This is not an easy thing to give up just because our kid had another birthday. So in order to let go, walk away, and let our kids muddle through, we've got to think a thought like, they'll be fine without me, or they don't need me. For some moms, these thoughts are freeing. 
For some super moms, they can be terrifying. The thought that they'll be fine without me makes us confront our own inadequacies. It makes us realize that we've kind of maybe kind of lost ourselves through the you know, process of parenting. It brings up these questions like, who am I if nobody needs me? Who am I when I'm not mothering my child and, you know, letting my kid be independent and do their own thing? It's scary. And the answers to these questions usually terrify us because we've spent more than a decade building our identity around being a mom. And so it might feel uncomfortable or scary or empty and lost, but if you can allow yourself to sit with those feelings, suspending your own judgment of them, but just be like, okay, I feel a little nervous. I feel uncomfortable. I feel lost. And that's okay. Not only will you grow more capable, competent young adults, but it will make the empty nest stage of your life much less daunting because you're starting to do the work now while they're teenagers. You're starting to remember and reconnect to who you were before you had kids, to that part of you that maybe got buried under the burdens of motherhood. So recognize that your value as a human does not come from people being dependent on you. Those things are totally separate. Your value as a human is non-negotiable. Like you have value simply because you have air in your lungs and blood in your body. If a quadriplegic cannot take care of himself, let alone anybody else, and nobody is dependent on him, no one needs him, and he needs to rely on others to help him, that doesn't mean he is valueless as a human. He has value just because he's alive. That all humans have value. Doesn't matter if people need them or they can be helpful to others. Your grandmother may be too old to care for others, but she's still a valuable human being. So can you see how those things are separate? That your worthiness as a human is totally separate from whether kids need you or not. Nobody is dependent on your dog or your cat, but they still have worth and they still have value just because they're alive and they're there, okay? So I want you to really think about separating those things out and saying, I have value, I have worth that is completely independent of everything. As long as I'm alive, I have value and worth. The idea that you have value because you are needed is something that you made up, and it was just never really true. Like A lot of us made that up. So think about it this way. Your teenagers are going through the same identity crisis that you are. They are trying to figure out, who am I if I'm not dependent on mom? Who am I as an independent teenager instead of a dependent child? Who do I want to be in the future? Who do I see myself in where I'm going, what am I going to be like as a young adult, like a man or a woman? Like, who am I? Like, this is the identity crisis that our teenagers are going through. They're trying to figure it all out. And it's a little bit messy and it's a little bit of two steps forward, one step back, but you're trying to do the same. You're trying to figure out what does your future look like without a dependent child in it? You're wondering, who am I when no one needs me? Who do I want to be in the future? So like you and your teenager are going through the same thing at the same time, if you can allow it. But when 
we're living with teenagers, often it's very easy to hyper-focus on the teen and ignore ourselves because we're kind of used to that. And we think if my teenager could just step up and, you know, take charge, take responsibility, be more confident, be more bold, get better grades, take over. Like if they could do better, then I would have some freedom. But we kind of need to allow the teenager to be a little bit of a hot mess (laughs) and figure things out on their own while you are a little bit of a hot mess and trying to figure out who am I when I'm not a mom. So you can both be going through these kind of identity crises at the same time. And it makes for an easier living arrangement. (laughs) So identity crises are not smooth and they're not easy transitions. It's a little bit of a messy stage that involves some grief and some letting go of the past. But it's happened so much more quickly and kind of with more excitement and enthusiasm When you recognize that that's what's happening, you're letting go of the past, you're letting go of your old identity, and you're moving forward into the unknown. You're moving forward with uncertainty. And yes, it's going to be two steps forward, one step back, but that's okay. It's so much easier to do it, though, with a supportive group of people who are going through the same thing at the same time. This is why I created the Leading Your Teen Coaching Program, because I wanted moms to feel like they were surrounded by other people who get it, right? And that a place where they could retreat from their teenagers and be with other moms who are learning, learning to let go, learning to set boundaries, learning to prioritize themselves, and getting some concrete coping skills for making life with teenagers more enjoyable while also learning to focus on themselves and what they want. So my Leading Your Teen coaching program is going to help you be the mom that you want to be while raising a teenager. You know, most of us don't think about that. We think about who the teenager and who we want them to be, how they, we want them to behave, what they, we want them to do and say and feel and think, but we forget to ask ourselves, like, who do I want to be while raising this imperfect teenager, while observing their growing pains, while letting go? Who do I want to be? So that's what the Leading Your Teen pro- program focuses on. It's like, I'm going to be the emotional leader in the home. I'm going to take the lead in my own life and allow my kid to learn by my example rather than me trying to get them to change their behavior and who they are. So in the program, I will teach my super moms, if they want to feel appreciated, how to do that. Like that's what Michelle's saying. She's like, I just want a little bit of gratitude. I just want some appreciation. Well, you can absolutely create that for yourself. You just are waiting. You're putting your ability to feel appreciated in the hands of your teenager and hoping they're going to make you feel like a good mom. And it just does not work very well that way. (laughs) When we put our ability to feel like a good mom, a happy person, a peaceful mom in the hands of a hormonal teen, we are going to (laughs) lose. So we want to take that power back and say, wait a second, if I want to be happy, I create that. If I want to be appreciated, that's my job. So instead of waiting for your family to behave, for you to feel good, you get to start feeling good today 
and let them copy you. (laughs) So you'll get in the Leading Your Teen class, you'll get practical parenting tips for raising happy, successful teens. You'll get compassion and support for the stage of life that you're in and a vision of your future that you can be excited about. So if you are at all interested in this or you know anybody else who could benefit from this, you can send them to leadingyourteen.com. And like I said, if you if you go there after the webinar this Thursday, I will have a link to the recording of the webinar. So today's Supermom Kryptonite is giving to get. So the Supermom Kryptonite is this invisible energy drain that is making us tired without us really even knowing. I call this giving to get is something, it's like we give and give and give, as Michelle said, so that she can get appreciation, right? She's giving because she wants gratitude. And so whenever we give in order to get, it might work, but it works randomly. It works inconsistently. And so it keeps us frustrated because sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Let's say you cut some flowers from your garden and you give them to your neighbor and they're so pleased and they seem so grateful and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This totally fuels me. Like I loved that I made her day. I made her so happy. And so we give her again. We look for more things to give to our neighbor and we keep coming over there, giving them gifts, always hoping to get that same feeling we got the first time. But eventually, we keep giving, keep giving, keep giving. Eventually, they don't seem so pleased and grateful. Maybe we're overgiving. Maybe they feel guilty because they're not reciprocating. Maybe they don't like the gift that we gave them. You know, so this random reinforcement hooks us in like a slot machine that is going to give out a big win at any moment. This random reinforcement is like a little addiction for us. So we give and we hope that we're going to get that good feeling again. And then we get annoyed and frustrated when we don't get it. So the same thing can happen to a mom who gives to her family. We give and give and give when they're little. But at the same time, we feel loved, valued, appreciated. We walk in the door and we get attacked by hugs. We try to leave and they cling to our legs, you know? They adore us. And so we keep giving and we think that this, you know, giving, 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 oh, let me make you some lunch. Let me make you a snack. Let me make you dinner. You know, let me read you a story. Let me read you another story. Like all this giving when they're younger gives us these warm fuzzies that we just, you know, it's, what's the hormone that gives oxytocin? It, it just floods our brain with all these like feel good chemicals. And so we keep doing it but we keep doing it as they move into adolescence, as they grow capable, as they are totally capable of doing some things for themselves, we still keep doing it for them. And they get used to us giving to them. They start to expect it. They get frustrated and they get annoyed when they don't get what they expect from mom. This hooks them in. So not only are we getting hooked in with this random reinforcement, but our kids are getting hooked in. Because sometimes they get what they want and they learn to expect it. And they get annoyed and frustrated when we don't give them what they expect. And so then we 
are so wanting that warm, fuzzy feeling again that we just keep on giving. So instead of encouraging our children's independence, we have subconsciously turned it into this addictive game of mom giving, 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 and the kid expecting, expecting, and demanding, and demanding. They tap into our fears of who am I when I'm not caring for my family, and then everybody feels powerless. We feel powerless because we feel like we can't make a change without them getting annoyed and frustrated and creating some negative emotions in the house. And they get frustrated because we set up this expectation of us doing all the work, and then we go and change the game on them, and they don't like it. So instead of this giving to get, which creates this cycle that's so frustrating and hard to get out of, mom needs to give from a full cup. If you think about your cup being empty and you're trying to give from an empty cup, that creates resentment. But if you're doing a fabulous job of self-care, self-appreciation, doing the things that you love to do, making yourself happy, giving from a place of abundance, then whatever overflows out of that cup is free for the taking. She can take care of her family, this mama, if she's got this full cup that's overflowing, she can take care of her family from love and generosity because she has extra to give. So if you just spent a day doing things you love, you know, walking in nature, I don't know, hiking with the dogs, going with a girlfriend, maybe having a nice lunch outside, and you're feeling heard and seen and valued and appreciated, and then you come home and your kid says, I'm hungry, mom, will you make me something to eat? Then it's so much easier to say, absolutely, sure, I can make you something to eat from the heart from this loving and caring place of like, I got that, I got extra in my tank, no problem. But if you just spent all day cleaning the garden and picking up the dog poop from the yard and uh, filling out your child's, you know, application to take the SATs or whatever, like, you know, all the things they don't wanna do, all the grunge work, cleaning their bathrooms, doing their laundry, doing the dishes, all these things your kids are perfectly capable of doing. And then they're like, mommy, I'm hungry. Will you make me something to eat? It's resentment city. You're like, no, I don't have it in me. And you could you see either fend for yourself and they get annoyed or you make them something to eat and you get annoyed. So the switch for moms to go from giving to get is to give to yourself take care of your own emotional needs, fill up your tank, do the things that you love, and then give your kids the leftovers. Today's Supermom Power Boost is self-appreciation. If you want to feel appreciated, the simplest way is to give that to yourself. Say, I appreciate myself. I like who I am as a mother of teenagers. I value the work I do for them. I would love it if I had a mom who would make me lunch every day. Like, that would be so great. Like, how I love that I'm putting a hot meal on the table for the kids every night. I love that we still do family dinners. We all come together. That's my favorite part of the day. 
that's how you give from the full cup is when you appreciate what it is you're doing. You know, like I enjoy folding my laundry in the the Marie Kondo way and making it all nice and pretty and thanking my clothes for being there and giving them a blessing and all that like fun, cutesy stuff that Marie Kondo does. If the self-appreciation, like I appreciate myself, I'm thankful, I value the work I do, if that doesn't really cut it for you, if that's not enough, then you might need to tune into yourself a little bit deeper. So one way to appreciate yourself is to really know yourself. So let's take the thought, nobody needs me. Depending on your personality and your stage of life, this thought could be freeing and exciting and beautiful, or it could be terrifying and depressing. If the thought, nobody needs me, gives you a feeling of dread, then it is not a good thought for you. Do not think it. Let's, even if your kids are, like maybe they are independent and they're totally capable. You want to change your thought to something more aligned with your innate need to be needed, right? So like, I definitely have this, like if the thought nobody needs me does not feel good to me. Now, when the kids were younger, my kids were younger, I can remember the thought, there's nothing I have to do right now being the most fabulous and beautiful thought in the world. And I would use that all the time. But if your kids are, you know, getting older and they're becoming more independent, you just want to be really careful when you choose what to think about that. So if you have a need to be needed or this, like I have, I would say this, like, I I like people being dependent on me, then a different question or a different thought might be better for you. So asking yourself, like, I wonder who needs me today? This question can feel inspiring. It gives you ideas on who to reach out to. Like if you're like, hmm, I know that I'm needed. I know that people out there need me. I wonder who it is today. You know, maybe it's a friend that's been really depressed during COVID and she just needs a phone call. Maybe it's a volunteer organization that needs you. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's, you know, your mom or your parents. Like just asking yourself the question, I wonder who needs me today can make you feel like you, make you feel inspired. A thought like people are waiting for me to show them what I have to offer might be just the motivation that you need to put yourself out there in a bigger way. If you have a need to be needed, you might need to tap into that and say like, hey, people need what I have to offer. They need to know they're waiting for me to tell them I can help them. And so like that might be really more compelling for you. Or my kids need me to set an example of what is possible for them. My kids need me to set an example of conquering fears and trying new things. So if you have a need to be needed, use it. Do not say that nobody needs me and that's terrible. You want to think about finding the thought that helps you focus on yourself and take action towards your goals. Today's quote of the day, if they don't appreciate your presence, perhaps you should try giving them your absence. Tinku Razoria. I will love you and leave you super moms. If you've got a teenager in the house, go check out leadingyourteen.com. See if it's the right fit for you. 
Take care and have a great blessed day. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.